Hello and welcome to West Indies on 99.94 Cricket Every Day. My name is Mashal St. Patrick Hewitt, one half of the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. And with me as ever is the other half of the Caribbean Cricket Podcast, Santolki Nagilendron. West Indies on 99.94 is your new home for West Indies cricket content. And we'll be dropping into your podcast feed on YouTube or on the 99.94 app. And we'll do that several times every week. So rate, review, like, share, subscribe, all of that jazz. And thanks for joining Cricket's Conversation. Today on West Indies on 99.94, we're going to be talking about the irrelevance of the World Test Championship. This could be a controversial one, Santoki. Take it away. Well, firstly, Mash, it's good to be back. Obviously, there's a cost of living crisis in the UK and I've been trying to cling on to my dial-up internet connection. Unfortunately, it finally gave way and I had to get it upgraded. So, you know, I've been absent for a while, but you've been in capable hands. I've great episode for those of you who have missed it. The last episode, episode 40 with Barat Sundaresan. Go in a deep dive with Michelle into West Indies 2-0 series loss against Australia. Mash, I think... One important thing that came out of that series was the scramble from Australian commentators and people in the media to quickly say, why are West Indies playing cricket, West, uh, test cricket? What is the relevance of test cricket in West Indies if they aren't taking it seriously? Now, there's been a debate about how unjust and hum- unfair some of these comments have been. But, Mash, I guess it's led to a wider point in terms of Barat made it on the last episode. West Indian cricketers don't play that many tests. We played seven this year. Next year, they're scheduled to play six. In light of this and the World Test Championship, we're just going to take a look at sort of what is the relevance of the World Test Championship? And when West Indies are playing so little tests, can it add context and can it add much needed importance to the format? So we're going to look at that overall. But Mash, I guess to start with, let's take it to the fundamentals. There's a lot of points here, but fundamentally, as a West Indian fan and observer of West Indian cricket, over this past few years, we're obviously in the second edition of the World Test Championship. How would you view the World Test Championship from a West Indian uh, standpoint? Does it mean anything to you at this point? I mean, you and I have tried to add context and meaning. I think, we, <laughs> I think we've tried to do a sterling job as part of the Caribbean media to, to, to try and pretend that we were in with a shot of making the World Test Championship final because before the Australia series, statistically, we we were mathematically in it. But I guess the best way to answer your question, Santolki, is how many... Let's just talk Caribbean media first and foremost. How many Caribbean media over the last set of series we've played in this edition of the World Test Championship? And to remind people, that's Bangladesh at home, England at home, Pakistan at home, Australia away, Sri, uh, Sri Lanka away, and we've got South Africa away in March, right? But how many times, Santoki, do you remember anyone ever mentioning? And of course, there's X number of World Test Championship percentage points on the line. I, I don't remember it, Santoki. And one of the reasons why I don't rem- I don't remember many people saying it is because actually the system doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, it doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense, actually. I would say a lot of sense. It doesn't make any sense. And trying to explain to the casual fan that... There's a two test match series, 24 points are potentially on the line, which is equivalent to percentage points, which gives you a ranking on the table according to the percentage of wins you've got. That doesn't correlate to the average fan. That doesn't help. That doesn't help sell the version of the game, if you see what I mean. So much so that I would actually argue that the majority of people still look at test cricket through the prism of the kind of 
tradition and historic meaning to test cricket rather than the actual points relevance that that it has. Um, And I want to throw it back to you, but the final thing I'll just say is, and of course, what makes it even more irrelevant, there's no, there's no relegation. So Bangladesh have been sitting at the bottom for the, (laughs) for the whole time, but so what? Because it doesn't mean anything. So, so who cares if they've got no percentage points or whatever, 22 percentage points or whatever it is that they've got. So some will say mash, it's an improvement of what went before, but essentially you might argue, Santoki, that essentially for at least half the teams in it, there's no relevance whatsoever. Yeah, I've, I think you've hit the nail on the head there, Mash. Um, I mean, fundamentally, if you look at the amount of games played, I mean, England have played 21 games so far in this cycle. They're still playing Pakistan at the moment. West Indies have played 11. So straight away, if the teams aren't playing the same amount of matches, how does this make a fair league? It doesn't make any sense from that point of view. And then, as you said, the percentage thing rightly um confuses it even more. And I think... If you were looking at it, our first um, series in this cycle was against Pakistan. When we drew 1-1, nobody was saying, oh, we've earned valuable uh, World Test Championship points. It was essentially, it was it was a contradiction because the World Test Championship is meant to add context to series in terms of series not being isolated anymore. But the series against Pakistan where, we, where it was 1-1, that was viewed in isolation, as in we got a win against Pakistan. It wasn't viewed on a wider picture of, this is part of the World Test Championship. This is our road to, you know, the Oval in 2023, the final. So I think it's not even just applicable to West Indian cricket. I think generally, unless your team is on the verge of making the final, as we've seen with Australia and India at the moment, then fans suddenly take an interest and say, okay, we need to win X amount of games to make the final. But I think for the majority of the two years in the cycle, nobody really cares. And I don't know if it's a massive fundamental change in how Test cricket is played and viewed. And I don't know if that shift will ever happen in the short term, at least um, in terms of fans viewing series outside of their isolated uh, opponents and viewing it as part of a wider picture in terms of the World Test Championship. It's a massive shift in what is a traditional traditional format. So I think on a global scale, it has uh, irrelevance, but even more irrelevance for West Indies because realistically, I know we've said if we could beat South Africa and Australia 4-0, we could make the final. But that was said with a touch of irony. Realistically, we're probably never going to make the World Test Championship final, at least in the next 10 or 15 years, um, this generation. So if there's no relegation as well, what is the essential point of it? If you're languishing sixth, seventh in the table and there's a few series to go, what are you playing for? There's not even the fear factor of relegation. So (laughs) for me, for West Indian fans, I can't see how the World Test Championship would ever be relevant, barring a miracle where we were on the verge of making the final and suddenly it had that importance. I just don't see, I just don't see that context. Now, this leads back to the point, Mash. Would you implement a relegation system into the World Test Championship? You've already mentioned it. And if so, do you think West Indies would be in the top tier or would they be in the second oh, division? Oh, we're definitely in the second division. Um, and <laughs> that's not even in doubt. And to be honest, <laughs> cricket's, a, cricket's a very weird sport. Like you and I are West Indies cricket fans, but I'd say that we have just as much interest in other sports in so much as football. And I'm even going to throw wrestling in there as a sport, right? <laughs> but, but cricket's weird because when people from other sports look at cricket, we've already talked about how the percentage aspect makes no sense. And the fact we got points and percentages, but three of the four member nations aren't even in the competition. So Zimbabwe, Ireland and Afghanistan are supposed to be test test playing sides. They're not even in the World Test Championship. And everyone kind of says it, 
But it's like one of the, it's like that West Indies thing. Everyone's like, oh, we need a strong West Indies. No one does anything about it. Everyone knows it's ridiculous that Zimbabwe Island and Afghanistan aren't even in it. But no one cares. No one doing anything about it. They're not going to be in the next one either. So what what are we actually saying about Test cricket? I don't I don't I don't get it. Why? It's do you know what it is Santoki? It seems like a glorified competition that is basically there to satisfy. Oh, let me think how I want to say this. I want to say the wrong thing here. It feels like it's the glorified naming of a competition to basically ensure that Australia, um, India and England can win something. Like I don't, I, I don't get it. Obviously, New Zealand won the first one, so I know what people are going to say. But it just feels like, how, how many teams are realistically playing for this thing? And, and as you said, like by the time this latest edition is done, England will have played 21 or maybe even 22, Australia 19, India 17. Some teams are playing 11. Like, what? <laughs> what? So I, if it was me, and if the people, are the, the, the higher heads who, who have control over how the cricket calendar works, the first thing I'd do is I'd split into Division 1 and Division 2. You've got to, if you want to genuinely add meaning, you've got to expand it. Have the top six, have the bottom six. So at the end of the next cycle, 2023 to 2025, you have to split it and you have to say, right, whoever ends in the bottom three, you're going to join Zimbabwe, Ireland and Afghanistan in the, in the, in, in the next edition. And you'll be div two. Now I know what people are going to say, Santoki. They're going to say, but financially it, money works at a loss. Well, you know what? Create a central uh, financial pool and fund that second tier. Assuming that England, Australia and India end up in the top tier, fund the second tier so that it can keep going because you have to have, this game of cricket, it's not like, it's not like American franchises, Santoki, where there's enough franchises to go around so you can get away without relegation uh, and promotion. There's only eight teams in this, Santoki. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> We've got to do something to make this have more meaning. Yeah, no, definitely. I think I think that's a very, very valid point about a central fund. And we're going to take a quick break. And when we're back on the other side, we'll be discussing the World Test Championship in some more detail. I'm Jared Kimber and I host two podcasts on 99.94. Red Inca, which is chats on trends and stories within the game with a weekly Q&A where I can be asked about anything from a time-travelling Don Bradman to which cricket ground serves the best food. And Double Century, I look at the historical stories that make cricket what it is today. You can search for either of them in your favourite podcast platform or on the 99.94 DM app. Now, Mash, I'm glad you raised the point about the omission of uh, three full member nations not being in the World Test Championship because West Indies' next test assignment is against Zimbabwe in about a month's time. Now, this this poses the predicament. If West, Indi- if West Indies were to lose 2-0 <laughs> to Zimbabwe, <laughs> what reflection does that have on the World Test Championship? You've got a, an elite table of eight teams and one of them is being defeated by a side that doesn't even qualify. Like, it would have no relevance for Zimbabwe. They wouldn't be earning any points. They're not even on... The standards. So that adds that adds another conundrum. And my second point is, uh, we we talked at the top of the show. West Indies play six tests in uh, 2023: two against Zimbabwe, two against uh, South Africa, and two against India. Now, if we're going to be realistic, most probably we're going to lose two nil to India and South Africa, just because they're great great test sides. Um, I mean, it's up for debate. We could get an upset against South Africa, but if you were to place a bet, you would say South Africa two nil, India two nil. So if you're a test fan, as we are our one ray of light in terms of a realistic victory is against Zimbabwe, who aren't in the World Test Championship. So this goes back to my wider point, Mash. If um, 
if there were two divisions, do you think that would ironically benefit West Indian cricket in terms of being able to play teams more on our level and also earn confidence, inspiring victories? Because going to Australia, India, South Africa regularly and losing 2-3-0 isn't going to boost the morale of players, but competitive series against the likes of Zimbabwe, Bangladesh, Ireland definitely will. Yeah, and before I answer that, just because they'll come for us, Santoki, both of us have said there's eight teams in it. It's nine. So there's a correction before people get in the comments. Like, oh, God, you lost it. Hey, who, who you're missing out? We were missing out Bangladesh. But anyways, but, <laughs> but, but um, to answer your question on that, Santoki, um, you've raised a lot of really relevant points there. Um, it really begs the question, what are we going to Zimbabwe for? If, if, if we're supposed to believe in this concept of World Test Championship, what on earth are we going to Zimbabwe for? Who's who's benefiting out of that? Is it us because you might get some test wins or is it Zimbabwe because they're apparently testing themselves against one of the nine elite World Test Championship sides? What's the what is what now? is the relevance to test cricket to Zimbabwe, Ireland, Afghanistan. Obviously, Ireland, Afghanistan barely play it anyway. And we all know the reasons behind that. So what's the actual relevance here? We're not. It's not like, say Zimbabwe laying us down. It's not like they're going to then get offered a place in the World Test Championship. So what is the point of that series exactly? Does that mean, Santoki, that we're now supposed to treat that series um, where we just basically take a B-side and say, go for experience? Because what what is it? Why is it there? Okay. But let me throw this into the mix as to why I think it's important to have two tiers to this World Test Championship. Look at what the ODI Super League did. Now, granted, of course, of course, because it was something that actually added some level of competitive nature to cricket, they're getting rid of it, right? But the ODI Super League still has some relevance, right, at this stage of proceedings. And the reason why is because everyone knew going into it, right, only the top eight can get a place. And because it included the Netherlands, um, uh, Ireland are there, Afghanistan are there, uh, Zim are there, etc. Everyone kind of knew, right, someone's going to miss out. Someone probably good, good. Why did I call us good? Someone, someone established is likely to miss out on qualifying directly for the, the World Cup because you everyone's scrambling to get into that top eight. And that suddenly meant, Santoki, that when we went to the Netherlands and I went to watch that series in the summer, it had relevance. I was like, oh, sugar, we best get a free nil here because if we don't catch these three points, uh, uh, these 30 points in the ODI Super League, we're probably going to have to qualify for the World Cup, which we are anyways. But you, you know what I mean, right? So... When when we say there needs to be more context to the World Test Championship, the ODI Super League has given us a bit of a example of what context could do. So if, for example, we were in a tier two in, test, in, in, a, in a World Test Championship and we had to travel to Ireland to play a two-match test series, more than likely, Santoki, we'd have to travel there needing to win some test matches to actually try and gain promotion. As, as it is... We can basically lose all our test matches and just carry on playing this World Test Championship with no repercussions, n- just cuss outs and that's it. And we just keep on going. So I I, I don't, I, I feel like the answer is staring us in the face, but it's almost the tradition of cricket 
it's like it's almost Santoki like creating the World Test Championship was seen as oh that's too much change let's just leave it like that without thinking without wanting to go that further step of being innovative yeah it's, it's weird because the Super League was very inclusive and forward thinking and you just feel like the World Test Championship has sort of regressed and has almost served to preserve quote unquote the traditional test nations I'd imagine when um when they did devise the World Test Championship their ultimate dream was to have uh Kohli lifting the World Test Championship, just for that image alone. So you'd imagine it is geared, as you said, towards Australia, India, England, essentially being winning a trophy, having an extra trophy to um, everything else they've already won. And so it is, it's is—it's a tricky one because I don't see them changing anything very much um, in the next few years. It's going to be like this. But then, as you rightly said, if that's the case, if, if Cricket West Indies are always saying um, financially it's hard to arrange A-team tours and it's hard, you know, to get developing players out and about playing. If the Zimbabwe series doesn't have any relevance on the World Test Championship, which is meant to be, the World Test Championship is meant to be the context for Test cricket in the modern era. So if the Zimbabwe tour doesn't have that context, surely you could just treat it like an A-team tour. I don't look at like, I don't see like what the, what the actual point is of the Zimbabwe tour now. If you're saying it doesn't have the context of the World Test Championship and the World Test Championship is the defining context for Test cricket. So surely you could treat that as an A-team tour, or are you saying the Zimbabwe tour is meant to be preparation for the South Africa series, which is part of the World Test Championship? So thereby you're reducing the sort of competitive nature of what Zimbabwe represents. It's just, it's confusing. And if I'm a Zimbabwe or an Irish fan, I'd be very, very dispirited and confused about sort of what the World Test Championship sort of represents. So, yeah, I, I don't think they're going to add any relevancy. I think that, as you said, they're waiting for the right the right moments, you know, for an Australian team or an Indian team to sort of lift it and get that get the pinnacle of Test cricket in the form of a trophy as such. But then, match this leads to this leads to sort of a wider question where West Indian cricket. On the flip side, if we're never gonna, if we're always languishing in this World Test Championship and we're barely playing any tests. I mean, if you're a West Indian test cricketer, your season finishes in July <laughs> after the India series. There's no other tests for the rest of the year. <laughs> what, are you, what are you thinking if you're a youngster in the test setup at the moment? If you're like a Tejan Ryan Chandipur or someone trying to make it like a, um, Tevin Imlak or Afanasi trying to make it into the test side, what are you currently thinking? Does, is test cricket long-term going to exist in the West Indies? Do you see it prospering when all the conditions and the environment are there for it to fizzle out? It's a, it, it, it's a very, very serious question. And as much as you and I can laugh about some of the stuff we talk about, this is actually, this actually needs an episode in and of itself because I, I, let, let's pick an Imlac. I think Imlac is a good example. So Tevin Imlak's game right now probably isn't good enough to be on the West Indies ODI radar. He's definitely a red ball player. He's got, even if he puts all his eggs in the red ball basket and he says like, cause basically you keep saying it, Santoki on our Twitter feed, Craig Brathwaite is now a throwback. The chances of a Craig Brathwaite existing in West Indies cricket going forward must be slim because surely every single West Indies cricketer is looking at, are six test matches a year and saying, boy, so what's that really worth to me? What? Red Bull contract, 200K if I'm lucky. 
if I'm lucky, right, 200K. I'm sure somebody from Cricket West Indies will message me and say, no, Mash, you've got it wrong, it's 250K or something like that, right? But 200K for a Red Bull contract for six games a year. And remember, Santoki, our Red Bull season is only 10 games. So basically, your whole career is just 16 games a year, Santoki. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so... so your base, the, the 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 system is basically saying to West Indies cricketers, you might as all well focus on T20 or T10 and try and get the big bag that way because there's no relevance to play in test cricket. There, or not no relevance, there's no, there's no long-term purpose if you're only playing six games a season. Like the, I don't see, and it's kind of similar to also, just to find another point, it's similar to a point you made on our Twitter feed about how do you then even develop a, how do you basically have to get into the test side and immediately produce in those conditions? Because are you realistically getting your six games in a season, you flop and basically your test career is done. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's okay. <laughs> Cause there's only another six games next year and you've probably ruined all of your chances. <laughs> so it, it really, it really is drawing serious question marks about, what the perp long-term purpose is of test cricket in the Caribbean beyond just tradition. Yeah, no, and we're, we're going to take another break and on the other side, we'll go into this further. Hi, I'm Nikesh Raghani, commentator and host of the India on 99.94 podcast. Several times each week, my co-host Sarah Waris and I will be bringing you the very best in Indian cricket chat. Whether we're discussing the legend of Julan Goswami, Kale Rahul's strike rate, the men's T20 death bowling woes, or the latest controversy involving the BCCI, we've got you covered. You can listen and subscribe via your usual podcast provider. Just search for India on 99.94. You can watch us via YouTube and you can download the 99.94 app. If you love Indian cricket, then join our conversation. So yeah, Mash, I think it's a, it's a very good point in terms of how do you want to play test cricket as well? If we look at the world has sort of been applauding baseball uh, that's taken the English test team by storm over the summer. But part of the reason was England were playing so many tests over the summer. Essentially, some of the tests became disposable. Brendan McCullum was like, you know what? We can use these tests to experiment. Zach Crawley, go out and play baseball style cricket. It doesn't matter if you get low scores. You, we've got so many tests, you can sort of um, find your way. And they were able to develop a philosophy which has led them to success simply by having so many games they could afford to gamble and risk. If you're West Indies now, and if you're the new coach coming in, you've only got six tests for 2023. Each test is therefore so much more important to you in terms of keeping your job and also getting those results. So you can't develop a philosophy. So it's like a catch-22. You essentially, because you play so little test cricket, the matches you do play, you have to be cautious. You can't take any risks because you can't take the matches for granted. If you're a Tej Narayan Chanderpool, who only plays test cricket at the moment, you're looking at your season. Firstly, you're thinking, hold on, my season's done in July. What am I going to be doing in August, September, November, October, November? There's nothing after that. But even if you look at that, if you look at he's got the six test match in a regional season between January and July, that's a limited time frame. You can't afford to massively change your game or overhaul it. You're essentially going to try and stick to what you know at because you need to keep your place in the side and you've only got a certain amount of games to prove it. So in, in the other hand, as much as, you know, Australian commentators and pundits will criticise the style of West Indies and how we play, the system, the ecosystem of cricket and the, the sheer amount of games that we have to play, how little we play, 
means that it, that dictates our style. We can't really have a style. We have to play it game by game because there's not enough to develop. And that also is a massive issue because if West Indian Test cricket doesn't have a style, it's harder to succeed. And also, it's harder to inspire younger generations who are watching this side to sort of take it up. At least, you know, there's English kids, teenagers who are watching baseball now and thinking, oh, Test cricket's not bad. It can be exciting. If you're a West Indian youngster now... You're, you're watching that middle order. <laughs> you're watching that middle order. You're thinking, oh, you know what? <laughs> Basketball is looking kind of good right now, you know? So, <laughs> so it's not even, it's not even a case of, you know, like, oh, um, short-term ramifications. Long-term, the ecosystem of cricket and test cricket is affecting our ability to pr- produce a next generation of players, inspire that next generation of players. And essentially we've got a cycle which goes back to your fundamental point. Everyone loves to talk about problems, but nobody's doing anything to yeah, solve Yeah, we're going to be having this same conversation three years from now at the end of the next cycle of the World Test Championship, when again, we will have ended somewhere between seventh and ninth and we'll be saying, so what's actually the point of this competition? I just want to throw one more thing in there before we try and bring this one to a close, Santoki. I was looking at prize money behind this competition, and maybe it's changed in the last few years, but my understanding is that the teams that finish in 6th, 7th, 8th, and ninth all make the same amount of money. So, <laughs> Santoki, I'm just saying, let's just end bottom every year, because... <laughs> what's the- <laughs> no incentive. No incentive to end sick. <laughs> so we can we can end mid table in this competition, and we don't get any more money than what Bangladesh are getting for losing every single test match. So we we might as well end bottom because so what? <laughs> it doesn't change anything. Listen, we why are we even wait hold on why are we even going to South Africa? You could forfeit the matches <laughs> and not bother not bother travel and take the licks, and you still get the same money. <laughs> It's still getting the same money. To, and this is why I have to come to the conclusion that cricket is not a serious sport. It can't be. How can you have the same prize money? No incentive. No incentive for Bangladesh to get off the bottom of the table. Like, I, just, I, don't, I don't understand this whatsoever. Um, but the, the very final thing I will just say, because we've taken some slack um, for saying this, um, but it is worth mentioning in defence of the World Test Championship and the statistics behind it. In the 2019 to 2021 um, season, we ended eighth with a win percentage of 26.9%. We have one more series to go um, in this edition, the 2021-2023 season. We're currently seventh, and I think we're probably likely to finish seventh. I don't, I'm not sure New Zealand will or can overhaul us. Our win percentage at the moment is 41% with the two test matches in South Africa to go. I think even if we took those two licks in the test matches against South Africa, we'd still have a better win percentage and likely position uh, a higher position than we ended in 2019, 2021. And the only reason I say that is if people are paying attention to the World Test Championship and if they are saying that there's relevance to it, then statistically we got better from the first season to the second season. So anybody listening to it say, no, you two are out of order. The World Test Championship is life. Okay, well, in that case, then we had a good season because we did better than the last season. So, so that's my ultimate conclusion to it. You know what? I would say, similar to football in the Champions League, if you really wanted to make the World Test Championship spicy, you have the top four mm. qualify for a semi-finals and finals thing because at least that gives the mid-table sides, like a West Indies at this point could say, hold on, 
we could we could get into that fourth position and make the semi-finals, and from there anything goes. It just gives more opportunity to sides. But as as we sort of alluded to, I think cricket is so reluctant to like shift tradition. I don't think that will ever ever happen. I think it will be the top two teams for the next few cycles at least. But I would like to see if I was just to make an immediate change, top four teams go through to a semi-final and a final because then it just adds that's that competitiveness to the league as a whole because it's essentially fizzled out for West Indies fans that the, the World Test Championship has no relevance at this point, at least for this cycle. Same for Bangladesh fans, England fans as well. England were eliminated last year because they lost so many tests despite their upturning fortunes this year. So I just think small additions like that could make it relevant. On paper, it's a great concept. It's just the execution has not worked and it's sort of left a lot of fans baffled, particularly West Indian fans, as to what it means and what its relevancy Most is. Most definitely. Listen, people, it's... We expect this. We expect this episode to be one where enough of you have some comments on it. You probably disagree. Some of you might agree. Some of you probably didn't even know we were in the World Test Championship. But either, <laughs> but either way, get in the comments below if you're watching on YouTube. Obviously, if you're listening to this on the 99.94 app or whichever podcast feed of your choice, do like, share, review, and rate. And we'll meet you again on the other side, Santoki. It's goodbye from me. Is it goodbye from you? Yeah, and you know, if you if you agree or disagree, what are your thoughts on the World Test Championship and what it means for cricket? You know, comment below. Hit us up at Carrick Cricket on Twitter, social media, Instagram, and um, let us know your thoughts. And also, it'd be good to know actually what have been if you were to look at the cycle for the past two years, what have been your highlights and lowlights in terms of West Indian cricket? Were there any performances which sort of stood out? We've obviously played Pakistan, England, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, Australia. Sort of what were the bowling and batting performances or any any highlights you do have from the World Test uh, Championship cycle would be good. So just just let us know and hit us up. But yeah, as Mash said, that's it from both of us and we'll catch you on the other side, guys. Thanks for listening to West Indies on 99.94, where we speak cricket every day. Please rate, review and subscribe wherever you enjoy your podcasts. You can download the 99.94 app and follow us on Twitter at 994DM and at Carib Cricket. Never miss out. Join our 24-7 conversation on social media and follow us at 9994DM. Cricket every day your way. Ready to up your game and learn more about the thrilling world of sports betting? Introducing Double Down with Breslow, the ultimate podcast about the business of sports gambling. Join me, James Breslow, and a long list of expert guests as we dive into the art and science of the sports betting industry. Evolving regulations, technology enhancements, and the meteoric rise in the number of players makes this sector the fastest growing and most intriguing in the world. Unlock the business secrets from many of the industry's most recognizable C-suite executives, including famous odds makers and influencers every episode of double down with Breslow is packed with insider tips deeply skilled analysis and in-depth discussions don't miss out on the ultimate resource for mastering the business of sports betting listen to double down with Breslow on the evergreen podcast network or wherever you listen to podcasts that's double down with Breslow the business of sports betting podcast